this is a quote from a Twitter post that she made. Uh, talk about polar vortex material from a northern prominence just broke away from the main filament and is now circulating in a massive polar vortex around the north pole of our star uh, implications for understanding the sun's atmospheric dynamics above 55 degrees here cannot be overstated uh, makes sense right mm, yeah i know my god yeah I I, it didn't make sense to me either <laughs> uh story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Uh, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uggles. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. <laughs> What's going on over there, man? In the, oh, in the... you know, just waking up at <sighs> fucking... 5.50 p.m. Mountain time. You fucker. I swear to God. It's like that. Who was it? Was it Brian Regan? He used to be a comedian. He's like, yeah, my, my uncle's a farmer. Wakes up the crack of noon. Make sure there's no corn growing. Like, he does this whole fucking thing. It's hilarious, dude. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I woke up this morning and was like, ah, oh, it's too early. I'm going to take a little nap. And then the next thing I knew, it was like mid-afternoon. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Now, I get it, though, man. I'll tell you what. I like my naps. If I if the workday is kind of and I can squeeze a 20-minute one in somewhere, by all means. I mean, it helps me get through. Hey, the Japanese have done it for years. Like, their work product- productivity is better. Because they have these nap stations, you know, in oh, businesses. Before I had to go back to the office, I would do that like during the day. Like if I was starting to like not be able to concentrate, it's like, well, I don't have another meeting for like half an hour. I could try and work on something or and like do a terrible job at it, or I could go take a quick nap and then maybe not do such a terrible job at right. whatever right after that. Yeah, detach yourself a little bit, you know, for sure. Yeah, take a take a, a little break, recharge. And uh, when we had to go back to the office, I was like, you know, I might as well just not even be here after 2 p.m. because, <laughs> like, I don't get fucking anything done. Yeah. Like, well, dude, you know, I'm just it's, trying it's to stay crazy. awake because I don't want to get in trouble for falling asleep at my desk. Yeah, no shit, right? Well, there's been tons of research that says it's not, I mean, you, yeah, you know, being productivity – you know, productive is one thing, but especially now this new change up where people working from home, they don't have to do this. I mean, I get fucking emails from contractors at like, you know, nine at night, my time, which is, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock their time. Cause they are just working whenever they find the time to work and it works for them. And which as long know, as they don't expect an immediate response is great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Either I'll answer it or I'm like, ah, this can wait in the morning. You know, I'll check it out and we'll put it over here. I think, like welcome to uh josh's commie corner or what the fuck ever but like i feel <laughs> like uh the addition of like text message and email technologically wise has really like made it hard to have uh boundaries for work oh, you know absolutely what I mean? yeah like yeah if you work from home and you just kind of work when you get to it and whatever that's fine but you should be cognizant that like a lot of people either are required to or just have become accustomed to treating everything that comes in as like needs to be addressed right away. Right. Not this can wait till tomorrow or Monday or whatever. So like, if you're like, I used to have to, I used to work a couple hours at night um, back in the day just to 
just to uh, keep keep up so that people wouldn't be responding to emails as soon as they went out, right? So mm-hmm. I could actually like make a dent and shit I had to, to work on. Yep. And then people started getting mad at me that I was emailing them at something at like seven or eight at night, you know? And it's like, no, dude, this is so you see it in the morning. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, like my team is three hours ahead of me. Yeah, it's like, it'll it'll be there in the morning. I'm just making up for time I lost being unproductive earlier. Right, right. Well, and the thing is people communicate differently too. And it does kind of, it does muck everything up a bit, you know? And I'll do the same thing, dude. I'll throw an email out four or five my time, knowing that it'll be waiting in Columbus, Ohio in the morning for everybody else. It's not. Yeah. Not I'm, I'm not going to follow up at 8.15 the next morning. Like, why haven't you answered me? It's right. been a whole day. It's like, no, it's been 45 minutes of work time. Like, <laughs> right, you exactly. set this at 4.15. Like, exactly. You, you know? Yeah. Well, um, welcome to Josh yeah. and I's uh, office talk. Um, glad you guys yeah. could, <laughs> could join. So, Can you tell I'm not excited <laughs> to go back ever? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. It's been topsy-turvy on my side. You know, we talk a little bit offline. I'm not going to go into detail. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's... um. It's weird on my side for sure. And that kind of explains a little bit. So listeners, by the way, we did, even though it was Labor Day weekend, um, we had things planned. We <laughs> we didn't end up doing <laughs> things. So we didn't actually put anything out through Labor Day weekend. We just took that holiday off. So hopefully you guys are okay. A lot of it just because we've just been slammed on our side. But um, we actually have the Fortia News coming up. And that is what we're going to go into. And bear with me. I will play the little ticker because I think it's fun. And then we can uh, we can drop some news. Oh, wait. That's not it. There we go. Oops. Been out of the chair for a while, evidently. So, any hook. Um, yeah, so yeah, every month we, for those of you who may have caught the podcast now, maybe you're not a long time listener or whatever have you, every month we try to do for TN news and we pull some weird stuff up and we just kind of banter back and forth. Um, and usually we talk about like movies too, because Josh and I are both kind of big movie buffs and, um, I'm going to talk about this real quick, just so you guys know what's out there because these guys do, they do a tremendous job. Uh, and then Josh and we can throw a few for news, but if you guys remember a lot of you probably do, if you listen to the podcast, uh, Greg and Dan and Newkirk. So been around for a while. Um, they're the ones that uh, did the hellier, uh, seasons and, uh, I think it was on YouTube, yeah. right? And it was on something uh, else. They put it out. They did it pretty interestingly. They put that out on their own, obviously. And they did the same with this. Um, but it, uh, they, you can find Hellier on Amazon Prime if you have that, but you can also find it on YouTube for free. They released it through their own website and, That's and on right. YouTube, and they yeah. and then they did some distribution thing with Prime. So it's on Prime if you have it. If not, you can watch it on YouTube, which is, I mean, you can watch it on YouTube either way. It's just like the watching experience is a little better on Prime, uh, yeah, but not much because so. let's let, like let's be honest, Amazon Prime's user interface fucking sucks. Yeah, it's not great. Well, and YouTube was designed for like what YouTube is, and now they're trying to get in the game with the other. Hey, we're gonna have the and it's just it's like you said, it's just weird. I don't know. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to YouTube and watch a movie personally. That's just me. Eh. I mean, I will because I can put well, it on my free, TV. I guess know? right. You and, know, go yeah. from there. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't like the direction. Welcome back to Josh's. Josh complains about everything. Um, <laughs> I don't like their push to shorts. Like the shorts were kind of interesting and fun at first, and it's yeah. like great if you got five or ten minutes to kill to just watch a few of them. But I've noticed that like all the creators that are trying to 
that I pay attention to. Most of them try to game the algorithm in some way or another. Mm -hmm. So now all their content is like super long form, hour and a half long video essays or like shorts. And it's like, no, man, I want something that's like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that algorithm weird? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, dude. You know, I mean, it's frustrating to be honest with you, but well, I've noticed lately whenever I'm watching like news stuff that leans politically left, I get ads for shit like Prager U and like Epoch Times and <laughs> right. stuff nonstop. Same I'm here. like, do you, like, oh, do you God. do this to people who are looking at mostly like right wing shit too? To, because like, if they do, then holy shit, yeah, siloing themselves in, or yeah. you just like, oh no, don't listen to the anarchists. <laughs> here's here's some white nationalists that'll that'll get your mind off it oh my god dude not not to go again we'll get into news eventually but we haven't talked for all so fucking bear with us everybody um our mayor so here in spokane we have a her name's woodward her last name and uh, nadine by the way number one she wasn't good anyway she just was more of a prom queen i think than anything else hey look at me now i'm mayor she got on stage so the whole city and you remember i was talking about the fires right uh, well, like two, yeah. three weeks ago. Um, I mean, they were devastating. We They're mostly contained, but even like driving, we went to a wedding anniversary um, a couple weekends ago, and we were driving Interstate 90, which connects Spokane to everything. And holy shit, dude, like both sides of the freeway on f- trees burnt down. Like it, I think we lost like 800 structures, including homes. Um, one town, two, both towns completely evacuated. Like it was devastating. It was not great. Meanwhile... Um, a good old Nadine was spending time on the coast, which whatever, you know, maybe it was planned. Maybe it wasn't. She didn't know there was going to be fire, fires here, but yeah, that's she, not like they're scheduled. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're, 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 you're you know, let, let's get them in prime time. Right. Um, anyway, fires broke out on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all week. And we're doing things. Well, she makes her way back into Spokane and attends a, this guy called, he used to be a state representative, but he is a right-wing Christian nut, like this new Christo-fascist. Oh, my God, dude. Literally, she's on stage with him, hugging him, praying that the entire city of Spokane burns down to the ground, let the fires take away the sin. And that was like Sunday night. Meanwhile, people are sitting in shelters, losing their fucking homes and their stock and I mean, just uh, anyway, needless to say, she's in deep shit. <laughs> so it was not yeah, good. The shit that politicians from either side will do for money. Is, oh, boy, oh boy. Never, never gets less astounding. It, it is. It is amazing. You would think they would get smarter or things would get better, but it never seems to. It's um, well, you'd think that they would have learned by now that that shit's coming out. So like, right, if it's right. not something you agree with and you just want their money, like it's going to get out to the public that that's who you're getting money from. So unless that's, especially nowadays you want to make part of your platform right i mean what do you think you're gonna you're you're gonna hide this because only a thousand people showed up or 500 people showed up there's fucking come on yeah they they, do that happens here a lot too like whenever a national politician comes through they go up to park city and hobnob especially if they're like democrats they go up to the park city and hobnob with all the rich folk up there or they go down to utah county and hobnob with all the mormon billionaires you know and (laughs) one way or another it's yeah and it's it's, it's disgusting just funny because it, even just on the local coverage they'll be like oh they had a parade through salt lake on their way to park city to have a fundraising you know dinner with yeah. their donors blah yeah. blah blah yeah so it's just funny like it's just even part of regular ass coverages so it's funny that it, they don't think that it's gonna come out it, it's just it's just disgusting and gross really at the end of the day no matter what side's doing it i mean come on you know so anyway yeah, uh, you know be who you 
say you are. Yeah, it's not that hard. And if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Call yourself out for what it is, you know. But anyway, we yeah, digress. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yes. sorry. Anyway, well, let's talk about news. Let's talk about weird shit. Um, so we were talking wait, about this. Did we finish talking about the unbinding, or did we, we just spiral into weird tangents? We went to weird tangents, but I was getting into the unbinding. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> so they have a new one again. Um, the new Kirks had Hellier, you know, which we discussed. They have a new one called the Unbinding. Um, it's the case about the unnerving case of the crone, I guess. Now, I haven't seen it, uh, and there was a theatrical – I think they flew to California, I want to say, about a week yeah, and a Yeah, they half had ago. a couple of, like, regional premieres. Yeah, um, which was cool. So they had, know. like, their first one, I think, was in L.A. or maybe on the East Coast. I don't remember. And then they had a couple – like, they had an East Coast or West Coast. They had a Midwest one that they did in Cincinnati where they live. Right. Um, and uh, it's coming out, I yeah. think – I, I was going to say on prime. Yeah. Like so it's, uh, yeah, it's coming out September 8th and it'll be on Apple TV, Google play and YouTube. And I think prime as well. Um, so, if oh you yeah, guys are, I think what they're doing is also releasing it in theaters. Um, so I don't think it'll be free right off the bat, but I'm sure right. it will be eventually, but right. like also they do amazing work. They really so do. They, that's why not, we mentioned like, yeah. fucking pay for it i think it's something worth paying I, for. I, i'll know? tell you honestly that's why we bring it up because you know they're kind of like man you know in this fringe field when you have rock stars that put you know really their own money to start a lot of the stuff to back it um and then they just make it big i mean they really look at things with a different viewpoint than most of your run-of-the-mill 15 minute of fame i saw bigfoot people um kind of cool so if you're new kirk fans check it out i'm binding september 8th um hopefully you know it's good as hell here so Anything. Yeah, and they're working with at least one of the people that they worked with on Hellier. Carl um, I think, something, I, I want to say. Carl Pfeiffer, but I think, I don't yeah. know if, if Connor's involved in it too. I think he is. Not, I think he is. I think so. I think it's, I think it's like the core group. Co- co-produced, um, yeah. So, But, uh, like, I don't know if, for those of you who aren't familiar with the New Kirks, they have a traveling museum of, like, haunted objects, oh, basically. Yeah, that's right. That's, like, their main deal they do that and like a patreon around it um and uh so the crone is one of the haunted objects that they have mm-hmm. and they've talked about it a lot in other interviews and stuff that they've done and and uh they it was basically found in a cave in the like mountains in i think west virginia mm-hmm. um under the background and uh and it's like a weird totem thing that they think might house a old witch or some weird shit oh. and they've had like oh. a bunch of weird stuff happen revolved or revolving around it and well there's that um so yeah so. it sounds really interesting probably pretty scary we'll see we'll see well, like i yeah. said i know there's other people out there that do that i know they got a podcast too that they uh they put out um i don't know you know again big fans of them we'll see how it goes but uh yeah man i'm gonna throw it to you and see if you want to start it off you got anything and we'll we'll uh titillate the masses here well sure i mean the sun's broken um <laughs> right <laughs> so this is from a story by harry fletcher part of the sun is broken and scientists are baffled Uh-oh. uh we <laughs> we don't want to alarm anyone with that headline apparently uh <laughs> but the sun is broken a section of the sun has left the surface and begun circulating around the top of the star as if it were a huge polar vortex and it's not exactly clear why it's happened so that Uh-oh. sounds crazy. That's not good. Um, the observation was made possible thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope, and it's no surprise that it piqued the interests of scientists everywhere. Uh, Tamitha Skov, 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 why not? Yeah, is a space weather sci- physicist 
who regularly shares updates on social media, and she seemed incredibly excited about the latest developments. Uh, this is a quote from a Twitter post that she made. Uh, talk about polar vortex material from a northern prominence just broke away from the main filament and is now circulating in a massive polar vortex around the north pole of our star uh, implications for understanding the sun's atmospheric dynamics above 55 degrees here cannot be overstated uh, makes sense right mm, yeah i know oh my god yeah I don't know. I, it didn't make sense to me either <laughs> uh solar prominences consist of hydrogen and helium and they extrude from the sun's surface, releasing plasma. While there's confusion around the cause of the phenomenon, it could be related to the reversal of the sun's magnetic field, as well as the fact that something uh, expected has been, I think that's supposed to be something unexpected, has been known to happen when the sun reaches a 55-degree latitude in every 11-year solar cycle. Um, that wasn't me not reading well. That was someone not typing. That was well. our article. Um, <laughs> just, you know, yeah, just to clarify. Due. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, solar physicist Scott McIntosh, who is the deputy director at the National Center for Atmospheric Research in Boulder, Colorado, told space.com uh, once every solar cycle, it forms at the 55 degree latitude and it starts to march up the solar poles. It's very curious. There is a big why question around it. Why does it only move toward the pole one time and then disappears and then comes back magically three or four years later in exactly the same region? Hmm. Um, that is a good question. That is a good question. And, uh, that is where the article leaves us. Oh, ponder. that's lovely. <laughs> I, I covered that. Though. I actually stumbled on that. That was interesting. I don't know if it was the same article or not, but... Uh, they also had not only the sun, but our other star that, you know, gives us whatever, the moon, um, I guess is moving further away from us. Did you catch that too? Like literally, but not yeah, I think drastic. We, about that. I, we might have, but then they, they calculated yeah, it's like a, it. It's like a few feet, basically a year. It's not even. Something it's like, like I think we'll have a 24 or 25 hour day in 200 million years. So um, hold your breath, folks. It'll it'll be a while, but yeah, it's I guess yeah. that's a thing. So I don't know. You know, the sun is uh, it kind of gives us our our whole bread and butter over here. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, maybe when that happens, we can um, get rid of leap year, leap day. Whatever. Oh my god! I just let's get rid of daylight savings time. Let's start there, shall we? The the easy oh, low man. hanging fruit. God, I hate that shit. Supposedly Washington State is supposed to uh they have a bill in their Congress that maybe it'll work this year, but I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, well speaking of science, a little bit you cover the sun. Let's get back to the earth. This is really weird, but I did stumble on this fairly recently, like like yesterday, and it's kind of amazing. Um so we know a lot about how babies are made, obviously, but not everything. So scientists understand surprisingly little about the early days of embryo growth, which um, going through this new classes, because those of you know I'm a new dad at whatever age, um, they said the same thing. It's like, look, we don't know how from point A to point B we never have, um, but this is what they're talking about. When our cells are organized and actually begin to form our bodies. Um, research has brought us one step closer to understanding those early days by making a model of a human embryo in the lab without using sperm or eggs. How do you ask? Yeah, kind of cool how they did this. Um, published your findings in the journal Nature on Wednesday. Um, quote, the drama is in the first month. Remaining eight months of pregnancy are mainly lots of growth, right? Jacob Hanna, a co-author of the study who researches molecule genetics at the Wiseman Institute of Science, said uh, to an institutional press release. 
So how did they do it, you ask? Well, they're not really detailed, but there's uh, cool stuff here. So in order to accomplish this feat, the team, Tim, uh, turned actually to stem cells. Stem cells are cells that form other more complex cell types, depending on what messages the body sends them. Um, the body's raw material space is what they are. Uh, starting with right. the stem cells, researchers turn them into types of cells that make up human embryo from placenta to fetus. Then they mix those cell types together and left them alone. Magically, as if guided by many magnets, some of the cell types organize themselves with their dishes in the configuration that you would see in a human embryo, which is fucking crazy. Uh, there's a quote here. I give great credit to the cells. You have to bring the right mix and have the right environment. It just takes off, Hannah told the BBC. It's kind of an amazing phenomenon. And absolutely it is. So let me see. The clump mimicked an actual embryo so effectively that it triggered a positive pregnancy test <laughs> on top of everything else. Um, wow. So, yeah, you know, here we are. Like, it, you know, we came a long way from, you know, taking things from pigs and making organs. Now we're making things without what you would think would require to be making said things. Fucking Clone Wars, yeah. here we come. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. excited. So Actually, clone me a new heart so I can stop taking all this stupid blood pressure medication. I know. No shit, me too, dude. I, they recently changed me out too. Oh, here's two old white guys talking again about <laughs> yeah. pressure medication. Can I get a new heart and a new liver, please? <laughs> Just real quick. I'll wait a week. It's good. So anyway. No, I thought that was interesting. You know, again, we make leaps and bounds. Some things we really should focus on. And yeah, as cool as this is, I'm like, eh, is there more? Is there something that could go to, you know, like say not killing our earth? But so be it. You know, it's still interesting nonetheless. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because if you think about it, with this technology, they could probably actually grow like replacement organs that your body would not right. reject, right? That, right. Like, because yep. it would be your own DNA. There should be little to no like. Yeah, you're, uh, ma- you're matching it. I mean, it's already. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, just imagine how many lives that could save. And if <laughs> here's where it's going to get dystopian, but like how cheaply they could probably do that. You know, yeah, there's a couple movies that's been like that, like literally like organ harvesting that they and, you know, it's funny because it's not really that far into the future. Uh, I caught another article there top and they made an actual kidney from pig cells and something else and something else and transplanted it. And and it worked it. The body accepted it like it's just amazing. It's gone so far in the last decade alone. Um, just crazy, but yeah, you know, if you're not careful, yeah. you're not careful. You're playing in my with, um, perfect anarchist you know? utopia. That would <laughs> just be a public service. It would be free, you know. Yep, yep. Go As in and get should. your organs swapped out at like fifty when when you've done enough damage. <laughs> well, have you heard the shit about they found out the uh? T- so one of the things it's in Red Bull. That's all I know about it. But it's a chemical called taurine. Or it's a vitamin called taurine or something like that. Yeah, it's in like energy drinks. Energy drinks, yeah. But they're actually doing scientific studies that say it slows the age um, process down. Like it reverses aging. So I'm like, well, I've seen a lot of people that drink nothing but Red Bull all day. They don't look like they're doing too good as far as aging goes. But well, I'm sure there's re- more to it. everything else that's in it's not real great for you. <laughs> right, exactly. All the counterbalancing. I've seen like people that drink energy drinks like that usually drink it like they're drinking bottled water. You oh, know? My like, God, oh, I got to yeah. get my eight cans a day. Yeah, five hour energy the hospital. And, and they put yeah. like four a day. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, it would be really cool if they if that was a thing that did just made healthcare better and preferably less expensive. But I'm sure it'll end up being like a you know, it, it'll cost 
three times what a house costs to get a new fucking oh, yeah. kidney and yeah. they'll come yank it out of your body if you miss a payment. You know? And you want to know why? Because it's all about money at the end of the day. Money and power. Yep. Right. That's yeah, where everything revolves around. You can't help humankind just to help humankind. So there's that. Nope. But can't make life better just to make life better. That yeah. would be heaven for fucking everything big. needs to be in the service of capital. Anyway. That's right. Um <laughs> speaking of in the service of capital uh, scientists believe a wormhole may have appeared over a California UFO hotspot. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Um, I'll have to find the actual story and send this to you. Cause like how I was telling you, you could save it to mark it up as a PDF in, right, um, right. in, in Safari, all of this, uh, all of these have video embedded in them and you lose the embedded video. It just becomes like a picture. Uh, so anyway, I'll have to send these to you so you can see all the little Absolutely. videos, but, uh, this is by Douglas Charles. Um, scientists on the History Channel. Oh, yeah, this is basically, I think, dude got paid to write a review of a episode of a show from the History Channel. Oh, but anyway. There you go. Uh, scientists on the History Channel believe a wormhole may have appeared at a UFO hotspot over Catalina Island in California. Friday, July 16th, 2021. It's a foggy night, and a team of scientists from the research group UAPX is on a week-long expedition near Catalina Island off the coast of California. History Channel host Tony Harris explains. Then shortly before 4 a.m., one of their motion detector cameras in night vision mode captures this. In the upper right-hand corner of the frame, a black hole suddenly appears in the sky. But take a closer look. Do you see that? A cluster of small dots begins to materialize inside, and researchers don't think they're mere stars. Hmm. Um... This is very strange because this timestamp of this video does match with one of our uh, most anomalous, highest energy events that we recorded in our radiation sensor, said physicist Dr. Matthew Zendegas. Zendegas, that's too many consonants in that name. (laughs) Um, High level of radiations are often linked to UFO sightings, which is, I, I highlighted that because I've been kind of like, when I have time kind of rereading mm-hmm. some books that I read a while back, just to just cause, and I'm like halfway through rereading the Mothman prophecy. And I was wondering like, Hmm, it seems mm-hmm. like people don't get the weird conjunctivitis and sunburns and weird radiation stuff from UFO sightings that they used to back in like the sixties and seventies. Right, right, right. Like you don't hear about that anymore. So I just, when I read that, I was like, Oh, maybe you do. Maybe it's just not something people talk about. Well, it's like, remember, we did a write up in the Falcon Lake. I mean, that was one of the main things for Falcon Lake. Like he died of that because it was the blast. Of yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's well, that was like a classic uh, piece of evidence from a close encounter was yeah. like the person would usually have some sort of like look like they got a sunburn. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Look mm-hmm. like they got like a sunburn or like, uh, you know, whatever. And then they'd have the pink guy that was usually accumulated with uh low levels of radiation it was like a specific type of conjunctivitis i don't remember exactly right off the top of my head but interesting um anyway in this case the radiation sensor which normally reads between one and two mega electron volts bolted up to 4.3 no 43 hold on let me zoom in (laughs) yeah 43 wow that's I would think a jump to 4.3 would be really big, but if it's a jump to 43, that's that sounds that would like scare that's, the shit out of me yeah, if no I was looking shit. at that because it seems so such a large jump. Huh. Anyway, um, you know, me not knowing much more about radiation than I learned Th- watching than that. <laughs> uh, Chernobyl. <laughs> right. 
Fair enough. Uh, add in the fact that Catalina Island is, as writer MJ Benias puts it, home to a very long history of strange and anomalous phenomena, and we've got a real UFO mystery on our hands. Host Tony Harris then explains that this area above Catalina Island is also where, in 2004, one of the most important UFO sightings in history occurred. So uh, just in case you haven't guessed where we're going with this, we are talking about the USS Princeton and the Tic Tac video. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were looping around. All right. Yeah. So as the story goes, aboard the USS Princeton on their radar, they encountered some sort of anomalous object between Catalina Island and several other islands in the channel, Harris recounts. They approached what looked like what looked like to be a 40 foot long shaped tic tac hovering, making erratic maneuvers just above the surface of the water. Uh, then the pilots played chase with this object back and forth for several minutes before being ordered to return back to their aircraft carrier. I, I'm sure everyone's really familiar with this at, at, at this point. At if this you're not, point. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not, if you haven't seen or heard about these videos, Google them. You can go to the Arrow website even and find them yep. there and they're like, really incredible to watch 2017 crazy crazy shit yeah yeah uh there's a lot of people who believe that ufos open up wormholes or portals between their world and travel through dimensions this idea that we can open a gateway between place x and place y and move between them said benias um Let's see. That's basically an answer to how do these anomalies get there. Mm -hmm. uh, the okay. Catalina Islands would be a sort of entry point for UFOs to use. Uh, Dr. Michio Keku, a theorist, a theoretical physicist professor, agreed saying the sighting could be a gateway to parallel universes. Oh. Yay. Uh, one explanation for the wormhole could be what is called a false streak, which occurs when a massive super cold air in the sky receives a sudden influx of ice crystals. This usually occurs when a plane flies through the mass of cold air, causing a literally a hole in space. Uh, however, FAA mm. records say there were no planes in the area at the time. Uh, so what was it? Nothing can be confirmed, but as Harris puts it, if the team of scientists at UAPX isn't sure what's going on, it's clear there's more work to be done. Interesting. Yes, hmm. it is very clear there is more work to you, do. Yeah, I would say you're kind of scratching the tip here. Um, uh, let's get a little bit a little bit more. But yeah, it doesn't... Huh. Reading back through this, I don't think it says what... Oh, I think the show's from Unexplained Phenomenon, which I think is a newer show on History Channel. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think I checked out a couple of those episodes. You know, that's interesting. And there's been other UFO reports as of late. Actually, there's one... We're going to take a quick break, but we do want to recap something that we did uh, talk to you guys about in a few episodes ago, I think. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll continue. But that, uh, yeah, keep keep your eyes on the skies for stuff like that, folks, for sure. So stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. And we are back. Um... So we talked about it beforehand. I'll be honest with you. I've been a lot of stuff going through my head. Uh, but when we talked about before we started recording, we did bring up the Peru 
thing. And I, before we forget about it again, I do. So something we mentioned, well, you know, again, it was like two or three episodes ago. It was weird. It was just something that I started tracking and it was in my news feed. And then I checked it in other news feeds and it was in regards to these green metallic giant creatures that these native Peruvians are seeing in the jungles. And, and they literally like they capture them on their phone. Of course, go figure. It's not a clear picture and all this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. And it continues and it warped everywhere from what they're seeing that they think are aliens. They were brainwashing some of the children. Then it mutated into, uh, <laughs> bear with me, folks, um, mines that are being mined over there. And it's a cartel that don't want them involved. So they're flying around with jetpacks dressed in green bulletproof outfits. And that's what they were really were seeing. It wasn't aliens. And we talked about, you know, I would think that I would believe in aliens before I believed in cartels flying around in jetpacks with bulletproof vests. But I digress. So, I mean, uh, both, I just Googled how much does a jetpack cost? Oh, yeah. Um, And it says both jetpacks can travel just under 120 miles per hour. Uh, the JB-10 can travel for eight minutes and the JB-11 can travel for 10 minutes. Uh, this is as of February 2019. The base price for the JB-10 is 295000 US dollars and the JB-11 is 340000 US dollars. So a uh, cartel could definitely af- afford that. Oh, yeah. That's um, cartel money right there for sure. But if they're getting chased for more than eight to ten minutes at a time, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> I was going to say before they before it takers out, it goes away. Well, at the same time, that story kind of went away, like that viewpoint of what it was, and then it popped up. And there was a, a one of the children in the village, teenager, almost I don't say children or child, but fairly old, that he actually got. And it's a grainy photo, and I, I'll try to dig it up. Maybe we'll attach it in the show notes. But it is interesting when you look at it. Like it, it definitely does not look like. Somebody flying around a jetpack, I'll tell you, because it's on the ground. Um, it's just, so this has died off here the last week or so. I haven't caught anything new, but we're still kind of tracking it. Uh, just amazing. You cover the UFO. You know, again, a lot of this probably is just whatever, you know, probably bullshit, I'm sure. But it was just odd because you don't usually see stories unfold like that and then kind of keep their breath, you know, and it keeps alive. Um, I don't know. You know, so if you guys capture anything or you catch anything, you know, throw it our way, strangeuncles at gmail.com, let us know. Um, but we're still, just so you know, we're still on the Peruvian thing. I just, I find it, especially when like teens and children are involved. Uh, it's like the UFO sightings back in the 80s in Africa. The whole, like, entire villages were claiming the same thing. No, we know what we saw. You can't tell us that yeah. we didn't see it. Um, I don't know. Kind of lends its weight sometimes on stuff like that. So. But we want to mention it just to make sure that we are still on it. Um, so I've got one here. You know, I was going to wait on it because it is interesting. I was going to wait a little closer to Halloween, but it's fun nonetheless. So that we're going to shift gears a bit. I'm sure you know your word of Vlad the Impaler, correct? You know, the mm-hmm. guy, Dracula's based off the guy. He was basically a 15th century um, uh, character that was, you know, he's real life. His big thing was... He would, and I think he was ruler of Wallachia, I believe. He would literally like stake his enemies out in front of the castle, kind of like lawn ornaments. So it would scare all the other enemies away. Like the guy's infamous. And off of that, of course, yeah. the Dracula myth came from him, right? Um, now they are saying they have been studying. This is interesting. So in this new study, the researchers wonder what sorts of ailments, if any, might have plagued this ruthless leader. Because obviously he's still, you know, renowned. 
To find out, they obtained and analyzed three documents written by the Count himself. When writing by hand, it is common for the person doing the writing to touch a paper. Initially, such touching would involve use of the fingers for paper placement on a surface, such as a desk. Thereafter, the lower parts of the palm would rest against the paper. Da-da-da. We all know how we write, right? Both activities result in various chemicals and molecules transferring from the skin to the paper. Uh, in their work, the research team looked for them on the papers and once found, traced these origins. To capture the material for the paper without causing damage, the team used a technique that involves applying and removing ethylene vinyl acetate. Then once removed, the material was tested using mass spectrometry. Uh, the team found residue containing more than 500 peptides. Basically, to narrow all this down, they're saying that he had a disease, and there is a disease out there because I looked it up. Um, it is a genetic order of ciliopathy, a genetic disorder that compromises cell function and organs. Um, they also find evidence of an inflammatory disease, like resulting in the problems with the respiratory tract and the skin. And they found compounds that suggested that the count also suffered from hemolacria, a condition that causes blood to mix with fluid in the tear ducts, resulting in blood-tinged tears. So in short order, this is what the thing did. So I brought it up just because it's fun and stupid, but here's this guy who is known, he's he's obviously a renowned character in history. He existed. This is what he did. Dracula's base off of him, which is just insane. And now to add, he would cry blood. I was like, holy shit, how cool and badass can this guy get? Beyond how cool he already was, <laughs> rather than staking his enemies. It's just I mean, like, cool I don't is know. One, one word for it, I Yeah, guess. well, you know, when you're weird like me, it is. But anyway, so yeah, they're saying that he had this disease, um, and that added to... Uh, because he didn't live long. I was trying to look at how long he lived, but he died fairly young. Um, and actually, he's so, you know, he actually responds for the deaths of 80,000 Ottoman people, which, again, not cool. But uh, just looking at, on the bad aspect of things. So, yeah, there you go. There's that uh, that news report. So what uh, what else you got, man? Um, no. Second. No I've worries. got uh, some dinosaur news. Oh, okay. Uh, a fisherman found modern-day dinosaur off coast of New Zealand. Hmm. What? Not Loch Ness. Uh, let's see. Off the coast of New Zealand, a Japanese fishing boat dredged up something almost unbelievable. The carcass of a 30-foot unidentifiable creature. Uh, the Japanese fishing boat called the Zuyo Maru, which you may have heard before, heard of before, uh, found the carcass in 1977. So, oh Jesus, the carcass is older than I am. Um, though while they took photos, uh, they didn't actually keep the creature's remains. Uh, the captain Akira Tanaka has told the world that he made the tough decision to dump the body of the creature back into the seas as it smelled so horrific that he worried it would spoil the fish they had caught. Jesus. Like, it's, uh, it's That's pretty, pretty bad. Um, however, Tanaka did realize the creature was unique and likely important. So before throwing it overboard, he took samples and photographs of the great beast great beast since 1977 marine biologists paleontologists and interested parties around the world have been analyzing these photos and samples in an attempt to find out exactly what it was they nicknamed the creature nessie of course oh yeah and (laughs) and they quickly figured out that it had a long neck 
a two-meter tail, and four large red fins. Researchers also know that while the gut had been emptied and the carcass had no internal organs, some flesh and fat were still pleasant, present, not pleasant. Um, they unfortunately uh, but unfortunately, that's pretty much all of the information they had to work with. Although Tanaka claims he and his crew took samples, there are none on record that can be used to learn more about the mysterious organism. Uh, Swedish paleontologist Hans Christian Jering told the press, if it's true that the Japanese collected samples of fins and skin, it would be possible to conclude from a microscope what it is. Hmm. So they could. Okay. The first time I read that, I thought he said it wouldn't matter. Um, but even without samples to examine, the world has been busy guessing what this animal could have been, especially in Japan, when the Zuyo Maru returned to the country's shores in 1977. Their discovery made headlines all over Japan and caused a burst of excitement that came to be known as the plesiosaur craze. Oh, yeah. There we uh, go. Many people in Japan, including scientists from Yokohama and Tokyo University, immediately thought that the beast looked like a prehistoric plesiosaur, which was essentially a dinosaur-like sea serpent that went extinct, extinct over 65 million years ago. Japanese scientists were so excited about the finding that they actually sent boats out to dredge the ocean where Captain Tanaka supposedly dropped the animal in hopes of finding it again, though sadly they never did, not surprisingly. Hmm. While many still believe that the animal was a serpent-like dinosaur, there are more and more skeptics who aren't quite so sure, including in the that category is a paleontologist, Hans Christian Bering, the guy we were just talking about. Uh, he has stated that while it is a big, is as big of a sensation as the discovery of the colacanth in 1938, there is reason to be suspicious of the claims of plesiosaurs. For example, as the main environment and fauna changed sorry as the marine environment and fauna changed drastically since the age of plesiosaurs on earth um so basically what would they eat right yeah uh, right, all right. their food sources are no longer around um the general consensus now is that it was most likely the carcass of a basking shark or as similar species as when these animals die their lower heads uh quaddle and dorsal fins fall off which makes their corpses look a lot like plesiosaurs uh, though they are certainly uh, okay. some who still believe that it is in fact a dinosaur and that they hopefully one day will find the carcass once again. Okay. It's been 46 years. I don't think they're going to find the carcass <laughs> once again. So, so that's interesting. And you know, yeah, there has been other things. It's weird how the Japanese fishermen always find the weirdest shit. Like, like a lot yeah, of stories are like they've that. They've been you know? retelling the same story for 46 that, years. That and no too. One's fucking yeah, yeah, exactly. Put that together. But. Well, let me piggyback off that. Um, while we're talking about Monsters of the Deep, uh, remember when, I think last time we recorded, I was kind of excited because they were going to, um, this group was going to get together and do the largest uh, search that for the Loch Ness Monster that's ever been done in over 50 years with all this new technology and da-da-da-da-da. I don't know if you remember me talking about that, but... I was excited because I'm like, okay, let's use technology, put it to the test, see what happens. Well, here you go. At Mass Search Party, just look for the Loch Ness Monster. They heard four gloops, plus other technical issues. And this is all popular mechanics. Um, <laughs> kind of fucking funny. In typical mythical creature form, 
The only new evidence turned up the largest search for the Loch Ness Monster is 50 years wasn't properly recorded. Now, over the weekend, the Loch Ness Monster Center paired with the hundreds of volunteers for a The Quest, they called it, a search of the 23-mile-long freshwater lake in Scotland where, since the 6th century, the legend of an oversized monster lurking undetected in the waters has persisted. But the team came away nearly empty-handed in the effort. Um, here's a quote from these great expeditioners. Uh, we did hear something. We heard four distinctive gloops, Alan McKenna, search leader, tells Reuters. We all got a bit excited, ran to make sure the recorder was on, and it wasn't plugged in. So, yeah, that fits in there before they're doing. They didn't even <laughs> did, did calibrate their fucking equipment before they went out there. Um, oh, so man, I, that reminds <laughs> me of when I worked in tech support in the early 2000s. Is yeah. it plugged in? Oh, yeah, yeah. Unplug it for 30 seconds. Plug it back. Reset it. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. That that works, huh? Jesus. You'd be surprised how often, because uh, it was the first time I worked at my old job mm-hmm. and I was in customer service. And at that time, there was a restocking fee on electronics returns because we sold a lot of like refurbished like Palm Pilots and oh, yeah, yeah. like shitty computers and stuff, you know? And, uh, and so because there was a restocking fee, we had to troubleshoot it all before it got returned. Um, and the question we had to always ask, and this is like straight out of the it crowd or whatever, but like, we always had to ask, is it plugged in? Is it turned on? And you would be surprised how often that was the fucking problem. Are you serious? Probably like 60% of the time. That's, I just lost a little bit more faith in humanity. Um, I mean, you also have to remember this was like not that long after the internet was a thing. Well, yeah. People really had home computers and also the demographic yeah. of that company has always been like older people with yeah. money. Like, like, like new I mean? gadgets. Yeah. I mean, they get that. Sure. I guess you put that equation into it, but uh, it's still, yeah, that is fast. But it was, me. yeah, it was still funny. It was like, okay, is it plugged in? Yeah. No, but, but here, so, plug it in. <laughs> I think this is a little different. I mean, yeah, I listen to your story, but we're here in 2023. You got hundreds of volunteers. You have, you know, thousands, I'm sure thousands of dollars of equipment and, and I'm sure most of them are younger than 35. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure there's not a 65 year old floating out there on the ocean looking at Loch Ness. But anyway, so <laughs> they did a plug it in. Um, just so you guys know. So this was August 2023. Hunt for Nessie certainly is in the first four way. Um, they talk about all these other things that they've done. But basically, this was a weekend of, I want to say this happened in August 29th. So it would have been like, what, two weeks, two weeks ago, roughly something like that. Um, they talk about the history. We all know the history. But uh, knowing that they, they didn't calibrate and record their equipment, um, they don't know what the gloops are. They know they heard them, but nobody can, because without the equipment recording it, you know, you're, you're going to call bullshit on everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, and yada, you can't yada, really yada. go back and analyze it if you didn't no, record it. No, you can't do that either. So this this uh, huge attempt to get everybody together and all this money together, all this time together, uh, failed because somebody did not check their shit. So I thought that was um, thought that was interesting. Speaking of of monsters and all, so anyway, uh, what else you got? You got anything else on your side? Ah, uh, no, um, okay. not really. I mean, the Arrow's public facing website is out now. Yeah. Oh, which is okay. cool. Well, and I'll be honest with you. So yeah, this is a news episode, but I and I had some um, articles saved. But the app that I use for some reason did not save the articles, like the last week's it's worth of articles. I know it's a shitty app. I got to change. I should listen to you, man, in the beginning. But I did stumble on one, and and it was interesting. Um, you know, number one, there's a new species that they found. 
uh, a skull that they found. I want to say, and uh, I'm not going to say it. I want to say Italy, but I don't think that's right. But basically, they always want to know the bridge between you know Neanderthals to hominids and what that looked like, and they couldn't yeah. figure out that jump. Well, now they found a new skull that they think explains that jump, and it yet again. Like we've discussed in the past, changes the timeline for what we think happened in history. Not only that, but they did um, research and found out that supposedly, uh, how many thousands of years ago, when we were trying to become human beings from whatever we were, whether it's aliens or apes, you go ahead and call whatever card you want to call. But supposedly, we were down to a little under 200 people. Like that was it in the entire world. Like we almost got wiped completely out. Why they're trying to figure out, you know, was it, did something happen as far as, you know, how the dinosaurs went, whatever have you. But we literally were like, it was COVID-19 BC. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But it was down to like 194 for a population count. Anybody know their back status? Yeah, no shit. Could have funny as you do a card late in the fucking clay, <laughs> but but they can't figure out why humankind bottlenecked all of a sudden down to that, and then something occurred. You know, I'm not going to say it's aliens, but it's aliens. I'm not saying it's aliens, <laughs> but uh, I would also be interested to see what the climate was doing at that time. Absolutely, yeah. Like what's happened? Yeah. Well, and again, yeah. you know, they keep what's that ice age doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. There's that, right? So anyway. like, uh, you know, was there, was there something, was it happened to be around the same time as like the, uh, Krakatoa event? I can't remember what, what year. Oh yeah. That's Epoch a good, he said this was, I think, I mean, no, I'm sure and, and it I don't recorded history or else there'd be more information yeah, about it. But yeah. And like I said, I don't have the news article from me, so maybe I should have mentioned it, but it's something that I did. It just amazes me. So I'm tracking that too. Um, because obviously there's factor, there has to be factors involved, right? Well, there, there you are know? a lot of like old And I don't remember what part of the world, so uh, I'm not going to guess. I am going to guess. I think (laughs) that I remember hearing about this um, when I was, like, watching something about Gobekli Tepe or something. Yeah. But but there's, like, a bunch of old, uh, not religions, myths about, like, weird shit happening in the sky that, yeah, you could say is aliens or you could say was, like, celestial bodies. Like, maybe there was a fucking asteroid. Oh, hundred percent possibly. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. They're still finding meteor impacts to this day. You know, I mean, yeah. that we have, well, and let me piggyback off this. Here's the last story I have um, real quick because I'm a big fan of this guy. Um, so last week, uh, Avi Loeb, a professional of astrophysics at Harvard University, claimed that he had found in the sea fragments of a meteorite that came from beyond our solar system. So if you guys remember, I'm sure you do, Josh, um, Avi was the one that covered the uh, mom. What is it? The Amuamua? Oumuamua. Okay, Amuamua that came through the our solar system just as fast as it left our solar system. Um, and he still continued to say, look, we've got things uh, here that shouldn't be here. Uh, this discovery is exceptional as it is highly uncommon for interstellar objects to enter our solar system. The majority of the celestial objects that we can see originated from inside the solar system billions of years ago. Um, they talk about Oumuamua which they found in 2017, was the first one to be known to pass through our solar system. Um, they described what it was, again, long cigar shape. Uh, but here's the thing with all this being said, uh, he's getting some pushback. Of course, he got pushback before, right? And he continues to get it. Yeah. Um, and he will. Until oh, he will. Yeah. They land on the White House lawn. Absolutely. And even then, yeah. Probably yeah. will still get pushback. Somebody else is going to say it's paper mache, right? It's just fucking fact. Yeah. That's people. Uh, seven it's months. A false flag. <laughs> seven months later, Loeb's crew set out to search a hundred miles of Pacific Ocean floor off the Manus Island coast for meteorite fragments. Um, last week, 
They announced that they had found them. However, scientists around the world are not so sure the debris are indeed alien in nature. This is according to a report by Nature published on Thursday. Experts told the science news outlet that it is impossible to show that the object that caused the 2014 Earth-atmosphere collision was interstellar since very little meteorite would have survived the force of reentry into our planet. According to this one, uh, Maria Hadakova, an astronomer at the Slavic Academy of Sciences in Bratislava, the 2014 flashes measurement of the oncoming fireball were not exact enough to confirm the meteorite's intergalactic um, origin. So, meanwhile, this other guy, Larry Nittler, a cosmochemist at Arizona State University in Tempe, told Nature that even the fact that the newly discovered spheres are unusually rich in the elements beryllium, lanthanum, and uranium, it's not a smoking gun indicating it could be an interstellar origin. So, of course, you know, we've got ones to say, the, the jury's out, you know, we'll see. Of course, uh, Mr. Loeb will continue because this is what he does great with, um, you know, poo-poo and the naysayers for the most part. But interesting as they do uh, tests on it, you know, I, I'd be interested to see what they actually come up with, you know. So love that guy. I love what he's uh, what he's involved in. It's kind of cool. But yeah. Anyway. But uh, I don't know. If you have nothing more on news, I think that's all we have for news, everybody. We do have some write-ups. Again, we had a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, just been busy, very, very busy on our side. Uh, I do, uh, we do have some SU oddities that uh, I've got to edit and get out to you folks. Of course, patrons are the first ones who enjoy those. Uh, I think you guys are like 20 something ahead. Um, and again, you know, Josh talked in the beginning about shorts, YouTube, things like that. That's all they are. You know, they're quick little six to 10 minute, hey, here's a cool story we can't make an article out of, but we're going to go ahead and tell you, you know, check this out. I will say there's one, and, and patrons going to be the first one to get it. It'll probably come to the regular listeners probably a couple months down the road. Um, but there was, was this recommendation, Josh. I stumbled on the story about this guy, and again, I'm not going to name names uh, yet because it'll ruin the whole oddities thing. I, I think it came in like 11 minutes long. But it was about this guy uh, who was a voyeur back in the early 70s, 80s. He literally bought a hotel. He went ahead and decided he was going to do this experiment. So within this hotel, it was a pitched roof. It's like a house, right? And it was just this dumpy little thing in uh, rural Colorado, I want to say. And he designed this catwalk in the attic, put these fake filters in, these fake vents in, and for decades, he watched people. And so, yeah, it sounds kind of psycho, but at the same time, he documented everything. He wrote down race, religion, where they're from, license plates, how long they had sex, what they were doing. Like he, it was a science experiment for him that he did for like over 20 something odd years. And when he thought the statute of limitations were out for him to get basically arrested for any of this shit, which is, and even wife was on board with it. She helped him build the catwalk. And he went and got this other, this author involved uh, and to write a book. And gave like 300-something pages of all this this uh, search history, um, this documentation that he did, all this, all these facts that he wrote down on everybody he was watching uh, to this guy. Uh, there's a movie actually on, I want to say it's on Netflix called The Voyeur. And that's what it stemmed off of. So if you guys are interested in watching something that's just insane, it takes more turns than what I just explained. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's called The Voyeur. It's on Netflix. I want to say it came out like 2018. Um, after I did the SU oddities write up on it and recorded it, I was like, Oh, we went up, we watched a movie that night and my God, dude, um, 
just holy shit. There, just watch it. it. It's it's amazing. But that's going to be one of those oddities out there. Again, if you're not a Patreon member, you can get those early uh, and become a Patreon at Strange Uncles. Um, actually, sorry, patreon.com slash Strange Uncles. Become a Patreon. Uh, you'll get stuff like that. But I just want to throw that out there because that was pretty interesting. Uh, and if you have any other things on your side, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any recommendations. Um, and go from there. What do you got on, on your side, man? Well, uh, you can find us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can message us there, but like, probably never going to see it, to be 100% <laughs> God, honest. We're, we're assholes. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, your best bet is the Gmail um, or the phone number. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also find us at Strange Uncles on Twitter, which actually, if you message us there, Shane might see it. I might see it on Twitter. Or X, as it's known now, dumbest fucking thing ever. We don't call whatever. it that. We will not because you know what? Uh, I refuse to call the Delta Center anything but the Delta Center, and it's the Delta Center again. So, <laughs> see how it all comes around eventually. Yep. Jesus Christ. When when rich people make bad choices, uh-huh. you don't acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Lesson and learned. Eventually, they come around. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> that do- that doesn't actually happen. Anyway, um, yeah. But uh, those are our social medias. Yeah, I don't think we have a LinkedIn, do no, we? No, no, I don't think we do. <laughs> well, if anybody's hiring, let us know. We'll, we're available. Just knock on wood. Um, anyway, so, and that phone number, by the way, 801-252-6945. Call <laughs> us, let us, let us know. Um, and then, yeah, we'll come back with some uh, more episodes. we got a couple write-ups. I, I had one that I just did not have my heart into. I'll be very honest with you folks. Um, so I'm starting on another one. But uh, hopefully we'll have that ready to go next week for you. Um, yeah, man. I think that's all. Good? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Stay strange, everyone. Close the gates.